There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Along with us is co-host TJ Inman. And today we are looking at the ACC, the college football season, uh, at least for Indiana, is 81 days away. Uh, and it's prime time, uh, preseason magazine time. So we like to take the step outside of the Big Ten every year. This year we're starting with the ACC, and uh, we'll go through team by team. We are also including Notre Dame uh, in this in this preview as well, as they play a lot of ACC teams uh, as well this year. Um, TJ, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, excited to talk about actual football. That is certainly uh, what we look forward to all off season is starting to get to these previews. So I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah. So what we're gonna do in this preview, we'll give both of us will give our division champs. We'll try not to make this the the Clemson preview. Uh, that was the goal going in. We'll give a non-conference game to watch, a conference game to watch, and then a dark horse team, and then we'll get into. Uh, team-by-team previews as well. So uh, I'll start, TJ, the ACC. They had three teams in the S&P Plus Top 25 in Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami. Uh, Always leery a little bit on Miami. They they just – it's kind of like – it's like they're back or they're not back. Um, So we'll see what what goes on there. But uh, as far – it's a conference that really is top-heavy. Uh, and has almost no depth. There, there's a couple coaching changes. BC has a new coach. Um, you know, Georgia Tech is still transitioning away from the option uh, and and things like that. Um, you know, Florida State's got a new has a new coach, and um, we also saw Justin Fuente from from Virginia Tech kind of dabble in the Baylor job. So there's. There's a lot of uncertainty in the ACC, but let's start with our division champs um, in the Atlantic. I'm going Clemson until somebody can unseat them. Um, that's what it's going to have to be. It's Clemson all the way. They're the clear favorite uh, in in the coastal or in the Atlantic. Sorry, in the coastal. Uh, I'm going with UNC, uh, and the major reason is that they host Virginia Tech. Um, you know, that, that's a game on October 10th that is going to set up who's going to go to the ACC title game. Uh, TJ, what are your picks? Yeah, I'm uh, no reason to belabor the point. I'm with you. Clemson's probably the heaviest favorite uh, for any division uh, in Power 5 football. Um, I, I don't really see a challenger um I, I don't think anyone is remotely close to them north carolina does have uh you know more more challengers certainly not near as big of a favorite but i, I will take them as well uh largely because of I, I just think they have the difference maker at quarterback that others don't have uh, so i'll go with those two as well 
Yeah. And then games to watch, my non-conference game to watch is Clemson at Notre Dame. And I put non-con in quotes because uh, we are including yeah. Notre Dame in the ACC. Although it doesn't count as a conference game, uh, Notre Dame plays about six ACC teams, uh, you know, every year. So Clemson at Notre Dame, November 7th. Uh, this is, yeah, we'll talk about Notre Dame in a little bit, but this is the game. If Notre Dame was a conference foe, this is deciding who's coming out of the ACC and going to the playoff. Um, it might be a playoff elimination game uh, for for both teams. I don't think the ACC is that deep, is deep enough to where Clemson could survive a one loss and, and make it into the playoff unless um, unless there are just no other other options um, there as well. And then my conference game to watch is Virginia Tech at UNC on October 10th. It's, it's um, a leg up in the Coastal Division, and it's early October, and it's going to set the tone for that race there. What are your games to watch? Well, the, the only conference game that really jumps out at you is that um, the game you mentioned, Virginia Tech in North Carolina. Um, I, I think that there is uh, a couple of other interesting ones, but really that's the marquee one. Um, and then non-conference, I think North Carolina has a pair of interesting ones at the start of their schedule at Central Florida, which I think is going to be a, a major um, measuring stick game for both, both of those teams, really, uh, to see where they stand and whether or not the hype is real surrounding North Carolina. We'll find out very quickly as they take on Central Florida, followed by Auburn. Um, I think that the other interesting one is Penn State at Virginia Tech. Uh, that would a really cool atmosphere game at Lane Stadium. We'll see if, uh, if there's any fans in attendance for that, and that, that will go a long way toward determining whether or not the Hokies have a real shot at that one. Um, and then, yeah, Clemson-Notre Dame, obviously that one's a, a really cool game uh, to be able to see as kind of the the two best teams that we're talking about probably on today's show face off against each other uh, of course not a traditional ACC game if you will um, but that is Clemson's biggest regular season test and uh, like you said I mean if if they are to go to the playoff it's hard to envision them getting in uh, with a loss given the just lack of strength on their schedule yeah, it, there's a lot of fun non-conference matchups um, in there as well, and, and some matchups, you know, we don't usually get to see in, uh, you know, UNC Auburn and Penn State, Virginia Tech, um, and, and hopefully those games get played. Uh, we're going to go on to the Dark Horse team. Uh, to me, I think it's Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, it's UNC has hype. Virginia Tech, it's if they could clear the hurdle of Penn State um, and clear the, the Middle Tennessee State the game after where they have to go to Middle Tennessee, uh, they're going to be in the running for, for that division title. And they have 10 uh, starters returning on defense. Uh, their offense, Hendon Hooker, is now full-time quarterback. So it, it's – they're my dark horse. I don't think they're going to knock off Clemson, but they're my dark horse ACC team to to get to that title game. 
yeah, there's there's not to be honest, there's not a lot of options. Um, you know, I, I like Louisville, uh, and I really like the work Brian Satterfield did there. But that you know that schedule is really tough. Um, I don't see them being able to to do enough to get there. Virginia Tech's really the only answer in terms of uh, you know making a run that people don't necessarily expect to the conference title game. Um, you know, I, I, a little bit of a different angle at this would be, you know, a team to drastically overperform their expectations. Uh, and for me, that answers Wake Forest. Uh, they are, if you catch their over-under, you're looking at anywhere from four to five. You could get four and a half. You could get five. Uh, if you can find them at a four or four and a half, I would absolutely lock in the over. Uh, and the primary reason for that is Dave Clawson. Uh, he he's just a really good coach that finds a way to get six or seven wins out of a team that you wouldn't think about them doing. Uh, and they've got some pretty good pieces. Sage Surratt at wide receiver uh, is a really good receiver. Uh, Sam Hartman. Now Jamie Newman's gone and Sam Hartman's not quite Jamie Newman, but he's a good quarterback. He has some experience um, and they, they return enough that I think Dave Clawson gets them uh, to a bowl game. So if I'm just looking for a team that is going to overachieve, I would take Wake Forest for that. But in terms of the overall dark horse to make a conference title run, I think Virginia Tech's the only answer, really. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, so let's get into our team previews. I'll start off and we'll alternate. I'll start off with Clemson. Uh, as I said, they're the clear fa favorite in the um, in the entire conference. Uh, you get um, Trevor Lawrence is back. Travis Etienne is back. Uh, you do have to replace your top two receivers in T. Higgins. Justin Ross had neck surgery a, a week or so ago. <laughs> they're going to have yeah. to replace his um, his production. It's unsure of when he'll be back, uh, but you know I probably say he's going to miss the season uh, you have to replace Isaiah Simmons at linebacker and, and their only test in the regular season is going to be at Notre Dame um, they're probably going to go undefeated and they're probably going to make the the college football playoff uh, it, it's just a it, it's it's an easy it's never easy to go undefeated um, but it's easier to predict them going undefeated than predicting who they're going to lose to in the regular season. Um, mm -hmm. And it, that's just how the ACC is right now. And, and it's, it's going to be held against, it's going to be held against Clemson uh, all season. And it's going to affect their, their playoff, um, their playoff standings uh, and things like that. But, you know, they, I mean, it's teams down. It's cyclical. It goes like this. So, you know, Clemson, I think maybe some of the stuff with Dabo off the field could be a distraction if you're looking for uh, some chinks in that armor. They do lose uh, a couple offensive linemen. Uh, actually, they're, yeah, four out of the five offensive linemen. Um, graduated or moved on. Uh, so they do have a lot of production to replace, but I think Clemson's earned the benefit of the doubt. They're pretty darn good at returning that production. Uh, so what's uh, what's your first team off, TJ? 
that'd be North Carolina. Um, it's, it's an interesting one. You know, Mac Brown was hired. Uh, that was mostly I'd say panned. Uh, and I was skeptical and I still am somewhat skeptical. However, uh, you can't doubt that he made some really good hires, uh, and really just set out about being a CEO and kind of motivating guys and just using his name to get people fired up about North Carolina football. Uh, it worked pretty well in year one. Uh, and the primary reason for that, and most of the excitement for this year is Sam Howell, a really good freshman campaign, particularly late in games. He just needs to be a bit more consistent, which you expect, but he flashed the ability to be a star, uh, hoping he can take a step. He's not the only reason for excitement, though. They return a lot of production, um, good group of skill players. The staff are recruiting at a really high level, and the schedule's favorable. I mean, really favorable. Uh, they don't play Clemson, Louisville, or Wake Forest in the regular season. Uh, they play at Central Florida and Auburn, so the ACC schedule itself is very easy. The non-conference schedule is difficult. Can first two Auburn could very and uh, you know losing one ACC game, winning the rest of their non-conference games, uh, and, and getting to that conference title game, then that would have to be considered a great success for Mac Brown in just his second year. Uh, the question is going to be whether or not the defense can be strong enough for what should be a really explosive offense to, to keep winning games. Mine is in line for a really good year. Yeah, it's uh... – it's UNC's year. Sam Howell's very, very impressive. He's probably the, the second best quarterback in the ACC. Um, next, we're going south to Florida State. They're coming in at S&P Plus at 26, which I think is a little high. Um, but, you know, there's been so much drama involving Florida State the last couple of years. Willie Taggart's out. You got Mike Norville coming in. You had some players call him out on Twitter before the season. Uh, the winner, I think, of the Florida State-Clemson game for however many years has always won that division. I don't think that's changing. They're still at least a few years away from pushing Clemson. Uh, you got questions at running back with James Blackman. Can he stay healthy? Uh, at running back, you have to replace Cam Akers. All right, we're back. Can you hear me, TJ? Yeah, I got you. All right, we we have. I, I'm having internet issues. I bought a booster and all that stuff, but I think since quarantine started or whatever, my internet has been going in and out, and I, I've been trying to fix it. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about Florida State. Uh, I still think they're a few years away from pushing Clemson. You got all these questions, quarterback, running back, offensive line was dreadful last year. They're, they need to improve. Um, they have a brutal schedule, too. They host Clemson. You get Florida coming in. Uh, and then you have to go for a trip to Boise State. Uh, 
if they don't beat Boise State, that thing could go downhill real quickly. Um, I think they're going to struggle uh, to get to a bowl game. And it's just one of these things where they made a change. Jimbo Fisher left, and they've been scrambling um, to find a replacement. And, and clearly Willie Taggart wasn't it. And now you're hoping uh, Mike Norville's that – Mike Norville is the guy to get you back up into to prominence, but it's it's following a lot of the patterns we've seen at other former blue blood football programs like, you know, Michigan who went with Brady Hoke and um, Rich Rodriguez, uh, you know, USC took forever. Tennessee took for It's taking forever. Texas is changing guys all the time. Um, and things like that. So, you know, Florida State's stuck in that cycle of, hey, maybe we need to lower our expectations of being a national title contender every year and give somebody two or three, you know, three or four years to build instead of just, you know, two years, hey, you're not winning and, and you're out. Um, so that's my take on Florida State. What's, what's the next team up for you? That is the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, again, this is a a uh, program that, you know, went through a coaching change last year was Brian Saddleford, Saddlefield's uh, first year um, after replacing Bobby Petrino. By all accounts, the, to- the atmosphere around that program was toxic uh, by the time that they were done um, so that they had to make a change. Satterfield comes in. Um, yeah, I-, I really liked the hire when they made it. Uh, I know that they swung for the fences with Jeff Brom. I think Satterfield was a Really good consolation prize, if you will. They went eight and five, won a bowl game. Uh, Mikhail Cunningham, you know, pretty good find at quarterback for them. Uh, they've got a pretty good skill group. I like their running backs quite a bit. Uh, the offensive line, they have to replace Mikai Becton. So there's going to be a little bit of a restructuring there uh, as they try to find some answers on the offensive line. I think the defense should be pretty good. Uh, the the one concern that you have is that they play Notre Dame, Kentucky, Virginia Tech, and Clemson, so the schedule's tough. Uh, but I think a repeat of that eight and five is is possible. You know that's within uh, within the realm of possibility for them. Exceeding that will be tough to do. It'll take an upset plus no slip ups. Uh, but I think they could repeat that and really begin to build a nice program uh, under Satterfield. Louisville was a, a big surprise last year, yeah. uh, but it, it, I don't think they were untalented in um, in Bobby Petrino's no. last year. I just think they just quit on him. Yeah, unmotivated. Uh, and, and it's so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you saw the talent shine through last year. All right, let's move on to NC State. Uh, S&P 62, they – Desperately, Dave Doran need, desperately needs a bounce back here. They went four and eight last year after a run of, you know, a couple of years of nine wins. They never really got over that hump and cashed in with a, um, a conference title uh, game appearance. But if, if this was a normal situation and teams weren't playing without fans or 25% or 50% capacity, Dave Doran's on the hot seat, and he might be out the door if they don't go to a bowl game or better. Uh, so that's something to watch. I think he's one of the few coaches that is on the hot seat. Um, 
for performance. There might be some other coaches for some other reasons on hot seats, but performance-wise, um, this this is this is I think one or two of the guys uh, that are on the hot seat. Um, it, running back Bam Knight has been awesome. He's going to be the focus of the offense. <laughs> you need to develop Devin Leary, a quarterback and get find ways to get Thayer Thomas the ball. He was on fire at kick returns and in the passing game last year, but he got injured. I think he played in five games. And then across the board, the defense has to be better. Um, they could start 0-3 as well. If all goes south, they could start 0-3. You got a tricky trip uh, to Troy. You can say that 10 times fast. Um, a tricky trip to Troy. So, it, it, I mean, all, all it could all go downhill. If they go 0-3, uh, you start, you know, you open up at Louisville. You get uh, Mike Leach and at Mississippi State coming in the next week, and then you go to Troy. And so you hopefully, best case, you know, hopefully, best case scenario is to go 3-0. and Realistically, you're, you're looking at 2-1. and um, But if you go 0-3, Heading into that Delaware game on September 26th, it's it's. I think it's over for Dave Dorn at NC State. Uh, next up for you, TJ. The Miami Hurricanes uh, again, another, you know, recent coaching change as they look for answers there. Manny Diaz, uh, you know, kind of next man up, if you will. Um, big questions for them. You know, you know, what's the future of the program? Can they regain that elite status? Is Manny Diaz the answer? We know he loves Miami. We know that. We know he's a Miami guy. Uh, but that doesn't win games for you, ultimately. Um, you've got to get athletes in there. You've got to develop them. Uh, and you've got to absolutely kill it locally recruiting uh, to be successful at that program. Um, you know, the biggest storyline for this team is going to be you know, the addition of Derek King transfer from Houston as a big get for them. He's a dynamic playmaker uh, that can really make a difference for that offense. Um, I, you know, I don't think the group surrounding him, unfortunately for them, is all that special, uh, which should never be the case in Miami. It seems like they should always have some good wideouts and good running backs uh, due to the athletes in that area, but I, I don't see them on this current roster. Uh, offensive line is, again, just okay. Um, I don't think that Derek King can do that, do it all by himself. So they're going to need other players to step up on defense. Gregory Rousseau and Jalen Phillips, really good pass rush duo on paper. Uh, they've got everything you'd look for in a pass rushing duo, but they just weren't very good last year. Uh, did not get it done to the level that, that you would expect players, uh, that have performed like they have in the past to get it done at. Um, it's, you know, I, I just think the roster's not that great. It's not what you would expect uh, Miami to have. Um, and if they had, you know, a normal Miami athlete-level roster surrounding De'Eric King, I'd be pretty excited. But I just don't see it. Uh, schedule, not bad. You know, they, they don't play Clemson. Uh, plus, they get Michigan State, uh, which is an interesting series that they've started with them. Uh, in Michigan State, it's a good time to get them. They're rebuilding. 
under Mel Tucker. Uh, so I, I could see Miami getting to an eight, maybe nine wins. Uh, but I, I don't think that it's going to be a, a good team that gets there. I think it'll be more Derek King making plays plus the schedule really benefiting them that gets them to that if they do. Um, so I, I think it's another year of wait and see on Manny Diaz. Yeah, uh, definitely on Miami. But before we move on, TJ, we have a word from our uh, sponsors over at um, sponsors over at Bet Online. Uh, so there is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and Bet Online has the best odds, lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. Bet Online also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best prop bets in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and, that, and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Now, hopefully, uh, sports start coming back slowly. Hopefully, the NBA is back and, and Major League Baseball has got to get their act together. Uh, and hopefully, we get football in the fall as well. People have to follow, you know, directions and safety procedures and all that stuff. But now we travel up to the Northeast. We are heading to Boston College and Chestnut Hill. Uh, one of the teams of the new coach, uh, Jeff Halfley, is coming in from Ohio State. He's um, a defensive coordinator over there. It was just – it became – we'll see what happens with BC. They're a proud program. Uh, they're used to making bowls and winning games and stuff like that. Uh, but they had a lot of basically mediocre 500 seasons in a row and wanted – and just never took that uh, next step and – uh, replace Steve Adazio with Jeff Halfley. Um, these they lose AJ Dillon, who is awesome to the NFL, but they have David Bailey back, who was the second part of that Buffalo Bros uh, guy or Buffalo Bros group, and um, that's gonna he's gonna take over full full uh, full time. Uh, quarterback Dennis Grossel is full time. A bowl here would be a surprise. Uh, I think it's just you're rebuilding a, a, in a tough, tough uh, program in, in the Northeast, and they're going to rely on a veteran defense, uh, defense to do so. So let's uh, – TJ, where are you taking us next? That'd be Wake Forest. Uh, I touched on the Demon Deacons earlier, so I won't elaborate too much. But, you know, I, I just think that expectations are too low. Uh, for a program that has found really solid, stable footing under Dave Clawson. Um, now at Georgia, that hurts. Certainly losing him hurts. Um, but Sam Hartman has done it when Jamie Newman was injured. Uh, I thought he was pretty good uh, at starting. Sage Surratt's uh, one of the better receivers in the ACC. And Dave Clawson's, you know, a really good head coach. They do have to play Notre Dame at Florida State, at Louisville, and Clemson, plus a non-conference game with Appalachian State, which is um, perhaps not the wisest move to make that uh, part of your schedule. But 
Um, again, if the expectation is four or five wins, uh, I would certainly expect him to exceed that. Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, Wake Forest has definitely come up from, from the bottom uh, and things like that. So um, next, I'm, I'm heading over to the Coastal and heading into uh, into Virginia Tech. It's we talked about them earlier being being the dark horse team. They're at S and P plus thirty two. I think that uh, that game against Penn State, if they could beat Penn State, it, it could you could use that momentum to to, to make a run uh, to a division title. The trick here, there's a trap game the week after you, you go to Middle Tennessee State after Penn State. That's a tough trip, even though Middle Tennessee State was kind of middle of the pack, um, group of five team there. Uh, you got Hendon Hooker is now full-time at quarterback. You have a veteran defense, although Bud Foster is no longer the defensive coordinator there. He retired after the season. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment uh, there as well. So we'll see. Uh, it should be a big improvement on offense. You could contend for that coastal title, and it's going to come down to that game against UNC on October 10th on who's who's uh, who's going to win that coastal division. Uh, where do we go next, CJ? Uh, that would be their rivals, Virginia. The Cavaliers, another you know very well-regarded coach in Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, coming off of an Orange Bowl season, major surprise for them to to be able to get there. And, yeah, they got shellacked in the ACC title game, but they were competitive in the Orange Bowl. Uh, never felt like they were going to beat Florida, but, you know, it made it interesting nonetheless. Uh, however, they have to replace Bryce Perkins, who did so much for that offense. Nearly 80% of their offensive production was Bryce Perkins. Uh, and, and, you know, Bronco Mendenhall said it himself, you don't replace that. Uh, that that's not somebody that you replace. It's, it's not possible for pretty much any program, uh, especially Virginia. So it's going to be incredibly difficult for them to, to make up for that. Um, transferring in from Mississippi State, uh, I don't know. I mean, he kind of fits Bryce Perkins' playing style, but just not nearly as good. So it's either going to be him uh, or it's going to be Brennan Armstrong, who's left over there. He played spot duty and, you know, can't really take anything out of that one way or the other. Uh, but quarterback is going to be a downgrade. So with that information, you've got to look elsewhere. The defense had a lot of youths that played last year because of injuries. And that's what made their Orange Bowl run all the more impressive they were without multiple secondary players and multiple defensive linemen because of injuries. So all that youth got a lot of playing time. They're back. The injured guys are back. It's going to be a very deep and what should be a very good defense for Virginia. The question is, can the offense score at all to help keep them competitive? Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they play Clemson, North Carolina, Louisville, Virginia Tech, and Miami in conference, and they play Georgia non-conference so uh, good luck with that schedule 
I think getting back to a bowl game and just avoid a, avoiding a, a major step back uh, would be an accomplishment if they can get to six or seven wins and just kind of keep their footing and then rebuild uh, the offense from there. I think it'll be considered an accomplishment. Yeah, Virginia is a team we're very familiar with after IU played them in both 2017 and 2018. Uh, yeah. Now we're, we're heading to central Pen- or western Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's going to be your typical Pitt team. They're going to be a tough team to play, uh, uh, you know, a solid bowl team um, and, and things like that. So uh, they, they come in ranked 42nd in S&P+. Uh, Tacier Mack. Former IU wide receiver, he should have a huge year this year. Um, you know, Trent Pickett is very, very solid. Could, could turn into a great quarterback. Their run game needs to improve. Um, their pass game is very, very good. Their run game needs to improve, especially when you talk late in the season um, in Pittsburgh. You, you don't have that many trips south. Uh, you do go to North Carolina and Virginia towards the end of the season. You play indoors at, at Syracuse. Uh, but this the schedule kind of works in their favor. You have Miami of Ohio at Marshall and Richmond. Um, and then Notre Dame coming in in the non-conference. Mm-hmm. You, miss, you miss Clemson. Um, and you miss some of those big boys uh, on the other side. But it, it's it just screams another six to eight win. Pittsburgh team. So where are we going next? Yeah, you know, question real quick. Do you think Pat Narduzzi's good? Um, define good. Well, I, let's let's take for instance, um, you know, if we if we turn this to the Big Ten because you know he had a lot of ties to Michigan State. Uh, let's say if Michigan State makes the hire of Pat Narduzzi. Uh, would that have sparked any fear in you whatsoever as an IU fan? Uh, not really. I don't – maybe just because of his ties there. Uh, but I think Luke Fickle would be the um, the better one. Um, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I asked that because I'm kind of along those lines too where – uh, and you, you kind of mentioned in your preview, it's just kind of, he, he's fine. He's just fine. You know, he can, he can keep things going at a respectable pace. Not going to really take you up a notch. Probably not going to collapse on you. Just fine. Um, and I, I wonder if, if Pitt fans, uh, you know, there's only so long that fans are okay with just fine um, before you know, that's, that's tough to fire. It's tough to fire when you're winning seven or eight games, but it, it's also, you know, a little tough to get all that excited about. So that, that's, I think it's an interesting one, but uh, next up Syracuse. Um, very interesting. Dino Babers kind of rebuilt that program quickly. Uh, got them to 10 wins, a lot of excitement. And he has said before, it's a lot harder to, in his opinion, to maintain consistency uh, than it is to just, you know, turn something around. And maintaining consistency is what he has had a hard time finding uh, at Syracuse. And I, I don't think things are going to go well this year either. 
Uh, new offensive coordinator, Sterling Gilbert, fits in line with what Babers likes to do. And it makes sense in the Carrier Dome on the turf. Uh, Tommy DeVito returns at quarterback. It's hard telling how much of a plus that is. Uh, he just wasn't good last year. Large part of that's because the offensive line was just awful. Didn't have any time to do anything. Uh, they get four starters back. Again, how good is that? I mean, if you're just bringing back bad players and they start again, then they're probably going to be bad again. Um, if he does not get more time, I don't see how things improve. Three of the top four receivers are gone. Taj Harris is back. He's good. Uh, the best running back that they had is gone. The defense is not going to be a strength either. Uh, as they're installing a new defense with another new coordinator. Uh, and again, that's kind of a bad time to be doing that. With COVID going on, you could not have spring ball. Uh, so that'll hurt new installations a little bit. They lose their top two pass rushers lose two starters in the secondary. They've got some good pieces, like an Andre Cisco uh, at DB, like a uh, Taj Harris at receiver. So they've got some good pieces, but, I mean, not really anything beyond that that gets you excited. Uh, they do get Colgate, Rutgers, Western Michigan, and Liberty uh, in their non-conference. That's, that's good. That's a, the type of non-conference they should have. Um, they get Georgia Tech, they get NC State at home. So they've got a chance to, to get to a bowl game based on that schedule. Uh, but I, I don't think things are going to be any good for the Orange. Uh, and I, I think that there are some questions about whether or not Babers is there much longer. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, you kind of flash in the pans. You know, he, he had that yeah. team uh, 10 wins. They came into last year ranked as well. They got smoked by Maryland. Uh, Maryland ended up being ranked two. Um, and then yeah. they both fizzled. So it, it's kind of you're a victim of your own success there. And it's a yeah. very, very tough place to replace talent. It's, uh, you know, Western New York doesn't really have all that many players. Um, and then you just have to you deal with the climate. It is so cold up there. Um, in the, in the winter and, and things like that, and then people, you know, if you have an offer from somebody down south, it's very very tempting just to say, I, I don't want to be up here. It is too cold. <laughs> Let me go play in, you know, Carolina in the Carolinas or Florida or you know someplace where it isn't negative forty degrees. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, we'll see. Syracuse is they have a, a rich history, but. It's, it's a place that's very, very tough unless you're recruiting nationally, and it's very, very tough to get those guys to come to, come to, to Syracuse because of the weather and, and facilities and all of that stuff. So um, let's move on to Duke. Uh, they're coming in at S&P Plus at 69. It's going to be an interesting year for Duke as well. Um, they're coming off a five and seven season. It, it seems like they're at the end of their line on the, the Cutcliffe, um, on Cutcliffe's career. He's getting up there in age. He's taking over play calling duties. Uh, they, they brought in Chase Bryce from Clemson, which is usually not the MO for, for David Cutcliffe program. And if they miss a ball, you can just see him retiring and walking away and, and, and things like that. Uh, they do have a veteran D. 
they, they're going to have to rely on their defense um, to win some games uh, and, and things like that. Uh, their schedule is not awful. Um, you, you get Middle Tennessee State at home, Elon, Charlotte. Uh, but you do have to make that trip up to Notre Dame uh, and, and things like that. You, you, you get Miami to end the season. Or six wins there. Yeah, they could get six wins. It's a pretty manageable uh, schedule outside of the trip to Notre Dame. Uh, but you, you get an open week before that. Uh, but if they get six wins, it'll be a nice season for Duke. All right, where are yeah. we going? The last team I've got is Georgia Tech. Uh, again, another second-year coach, Jeff Collins. Uh, difficult job to rebuild a program after you get rid of the triple option. Uh, it's Georgia Tech found or felt like it was time to do that. And when you do make that move away from the triple option, it, it's boy, it's a, it's a total roster turnover is what you have to do. Um, either you're having to recruit over guys that uh, are not triple option players, or you're totally developing and changing guys that were triple option players. So it, it's a lot. Um, and, you know, the first year didn't go well, but uh, it could have been worse. They were more competitive than thought they'd be. Um, the, the schedule this year is really hard. They play Clemson, Central Florida, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Georgia. Uh, which they always will play non-conference, which, again, makes it that much tougher of a job. Uh, at Virginia Tech, at Pittsburgh, they're probably going to be starting a true freshman quarterback uh, in Jeff Sims, who's a really good athlete that they swiped from Florida State. Um, you know, it's they're not ready to be competitive against that schedule, but they do have uh, a trio of running backs, Mason, uh, Jameis Griffin, and Jamar Gibbs. Uh, good trio. The top producers on defense are back. Uh, Jeff Collins, you know, made a point to mention that they were outmatched physically, uh, oversized or undersized physically at pretty much every position on the field. And their goal for all of their players was to gain at least 10 pounds uh, before the 2020 campaign started uh, so that they could at least make it more of a fair fight um, size-wise. I think that Georgia Tech is going to be a better team than they were a year ago. But that schedule is really, really hard uh, to be able to make tangible on-field progress. Yeah, Georgia Tech, you know, it's that it's a bear of a of an ass to, to totally re-image your program on offense. Uh, but you know, in that Atlanta area, you have some great, great high school football, and in time, that program should be. You know, one of those forces in the ACC that when they're good, they could contend for, for conference titles and, and reload and, and things like that. They might not, you know, they might have, you know, that, that four and eight year, five and seven year every so often down, down the road like they have. Uh, but it, it's a program that has shown they, they could get to New Year's Six Bowls and knock off some of that. And, and it really hurts the ACC that they had to break that, that whole program down um, and, and rebuild. Uh, 
finally, we're, we're going to Notre Dame. Uh, so all you IU basketball fans who, who root for Notre Dame, uh, you can enjoy the rest of the podcast as well. Uh, Notre Dame's coming in at S&P plus 12. It's, they have sky-high expectations. I, I, I think it's, it's, almost, um, it's almost playoff or bust for, uh, for Notre Dame in their fans' eyes. It's going to come down to that Clemson game uh, in terms of, you know, do they have – can they get that, that playoff, um, playoff berth? They play – the Navy game got rescheduled. It's, it's now in uh, Saturday, September 1st, and it's not in Ireland. It's in Maryland. Uh, you play a bad Arkansas team, uh, Western Michigan. Uh, you know, you have a few spots where they can make a statement uh, in Wisconsin over at Lambeau. Uh, that'll be a statement game. You've got to go out. Um, you get Stanford coming in. Uh, Clemson is another statement game, but other than those two and, and USC out, out, out West, other than those three games, there, there's really, there's not a game like, and you don't have a conference title game. So it's, it's very difficult for Notre Dame to suffer a loss, um, suffer a loss and make it to the college football playoff. So it's, they kind of have to go 12 and 0 uh, because they don't have that conference title game to to get a rematch with somebody or beat another uh, division winner and, and replace that uh, replace that that loss and, and and make up for that loss. So uh, we'll, we'll see what what Notre Dame does. They do get um, Ian Book back, the returning 11 starters. You do have to replace Tony Jones at running back and. Um, and 11 and sorry, and their top three receiving threats. So you, you get Ian book back, but you lose three receivers to the you know, three really good receivers as well. Uh, so it, it could be, you know, that maybe the expectations of going to a college football playoff uh, birth again are a little too high for, for Notre Dame, but it, it should be another, you know, at least uh, another, eight, nine win year uh, and a trip to good, uh, a, a good warm weather bowl game uh, and, and things like that. So uh, that wraps up our ACC preview. I want to thank TJ for joining us, um, uh, joining us today. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I'll try and get those figured out uh, again uh, next week. We'll go over the big 10. So thanks again for TJ. Um, uh, for joining us, uh, I'm Sammy Jacobs. Uh, for TJ Inman, thank you for joining us on the Hoosier Huddle podcast. We'll be breaking down all the conference, Power Five conferences, and then the Group of Five conferences as well on our podcast. We have our our previews for the first two games up, Ball State preview, uh, game previews coming out this week as well. We're continuing our countdown to kickoff as scheduled until we hear something else. IU players are back on campus, practice, um, going through volunteer workouts. Uh, today, players were tweeting as Stevie Scott, Matthew Bedford, and Javon Swan tweeted that they were in um, working out with the guys, uh, things like that. So things are moving in the right direction, and we will uh, have you updated every step of the way. So thanks for joining us. 
we'll be back next week to talk Big 12 and some other college football news. Uh, come back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy uh, the summer. Before you know it, college football uh, will hopefully be back. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.